Videvit omnis caro salutare Dei. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We were alerted in last week's Mass, the introit from St. Paul's Epistle to the Philippians, that the Lord is near. And today's Mass makes us very aware that he is quite near. He is even at the door. He stands upon the threshold. We heard in the introit, once again, a, a deep, heartfelt, heart-rending expression of longing. Rorate celi de super, that great interval, calling up to heaven. Drop down, do, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down the just one. A cry that acknowledges our utter impotence, our utter inability to achieve salvation, as the prophet Isaiah says, chapter 25 or 26, we have not achieved salvation. We, by ourselves, we have conceived and we have given birth to the wind. Our efforts are all in vain. All that we can do is cry out to heaven, drop down dew ye heavens from above, let the clouds rain down the just one. We look longingly to heaven for some sign of God's favor, for him to send the just one. But then the next verse says, let the earth open up and bring forth the Savior. He will come to us from heaven, but he will also arise from the earth. And the fathers see in this an expression of our Lord's two natures, of his eternal divine generation from his father and of his birth and time from his mother. We hear described in it also the descent of the Holy Ghost upon the Blessed Virgin, the dropping down of dew from the heavens above, the clouds raining down the just one, and she, the virgin earth, she who represents all that God wishes his creation to become, she is to open up and bring forth the Savior. We are presented with the image of Our Lady throughout today's Mass, we will hear the offertory, the words of the angel to her in the Annunciation. We will hear her spoken of in the words of Isaias in the Communion Antiphon. Today's Mass is much of it. The chants are the same as those of the votive Mass of the Blessed Virgin during Advent. And so we are to contemplate her in this Mass, but contemplate her realizing that what happened in her is to happen in us that we are recalling what happened in her, but we are celebrating what God wishes to do mystically and sacramentally in us as we look forward to his coming at the end of time. God wishes to rain down his just one upon us. He wishes that we too will open up and mystically bring forth Christ within our souls. And what is it that can hinder this? Only one thing, collect of today's Mass tells us, only our sins, quod nostro peccata prepediunt, that which our sins hinder, that which our sins trip up and get in the way of, the birth of Christ within us. But it's not for us by ourselves to try to overcome that obstacle. Rather, we ask in the collect that the Lord will stir up his power and come 
and succor us with his great power, that by the help of thy grace, that which our sins hinder, the indulgence, the pardon of thy propitiation, thy loving kindness, thy tender mercy, may speed up. That which our sins hinder can nonetheless be sped on by his loving mercy. And how is it that his mercy acts to do this, to speed up that which our sins would otherwise hinder? We heard in the words of the prophet Isaiah, is quoted by St. Luke in today's Gospel. And those words of Isaiah present, it seems, both our action and God's action. The voice cries out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. That would seem to be an imperative directed to all of us. Prepare the way of the Lord. Put your house in order. Remove the things that hinder his coming. But then we have a series of passive verbs, and it could be taken at least as what's sometimes called the divine passive. When one says in the scriptures, such and such shall be done, it's a way of saying, God will do such and such. Every valley will be filled. Every valley will be exalted, it's sometimes said. Every valley will be lifted up. God will fill every valley. God will fill all of the gaps, all of the deficiencies in our life. He will take all of those who have fallen low and raise them up from the depths of despondency into which they might have fallen. And this is where God's work begins, by raising up those who have been brought low. But at the same time, every mountain and hill shall be humbled. God's work, the work of God's loving kindness, the indulgence of his mercy towards us, expresses itself also in humbling every mountain and hill. The humiliations that we encounter are also a sign of God's mercy to us humbling us so that we can be freed from the things which hinder the coming of Christ. He raises up, he brings low, et erum prava in directa, and crooked things will be made straight. Crooked things, twisted things, all the things in our hearts that go every which way, trying to avoid coming to the light, trying to avoid facing up to the demands of the gospel, all of the crooked things God, by his grace, can make straight. Et aspera in vias planas, and the rough things into smooth ways. Having done all these other things, his grace proceeds to smooth out the rough edges in our souls, all the things that might be harsh. And at the same time, he smooths out the things that seem to us to be, in the words of St. Benedict, dura et aspera. That word aspera, harsh, rugged, is used several times in the Holy Rule. Towards the end of the prologue, he says, we hope to order here in the school of the Lord's service nothing that is harsh or rigorous. And yet at the same time, the master of novices in chapter 58 is to foretell to the man newly come to the monastery all of the dura et aspera, all of the hard and rugged paths by which we go to God. Yes, there are hard and rugged things on the way to God, but by his grace they are made smooth. 
They are made smooth above all by love, by charity. St. Benedict then, at the end of the prologue, assures the man setting out, do not fly in dismay. The beginning cannot but be straight and narrow. But as we go forward in our life and in faith, we shall, with hearts enlarged, run in the way of God's commandments, with the unspeakable sweetness of love. And it is this unspeakable sweetness of love that makes the rough places smooth, that changes the aspera into vias planas. All of this God wishes to do in our souls by his grace. And the result? The result is that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. We hear this phrase over and over, the salvation of God, the salutare Dei, and it's rendered as a, a neuter, sort of abstract expression, the salvation of God, but we're supposed to hear something much more in it. The Hebrew word being used here is only very slightly different, only a couple of vowel pointings different from the holy name of Jesus. When we hear so often throughout Advent, show us thy mercy et salutare tuum da nobis and grant us thy salvation, what we are saying is, grant us Jesus, he who saves. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh shall see the one whose name is God saves. This is what we are preparing for, to see God in the flesh. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. How is this possible? Flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh cannot see God and live. And yet through the marvelous condescension of the incarnation, continued in the sacraments of the church, flesh can see the salvation of God made flesh for us. This is what we are blessed to do continually as we come before our Lord in the Most Blessed Sacrament. Each time we do so, flesh is seeing the salvation of God. It is this that we celebrate in the Nativity of our Lord that, as we'll say in the preface of the Nativity, that God's glory has shown in a new way in the wonder of the Incarnation because we see God made visible, and so can be caught up in the love of things invisible. Christmas, then, is about seeing God. And so we are looking forward, not simply to the celebration of Christmas, but we are looking forward to the ultimate seeing of God. Because what is heaven but the beatific vision, looking upon God, flesh seeing the glory of God, being our human mortal nature, being transformed and raised up to be able to look upon the glory of God. And so we ask Our Lady in these final days of Advent to do in us all that we cannot do for ourselves, to be the instrument through which the indulgence of God's loving kindness will remove the things that hinder his coming, raising up what is low, bringing down what is exalted, straightening out what is crooked, smoothing out all that seems rough, so that we, mortals that we are, can see in our flesh the salvation of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.